Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of MLO. Today we have a live studio recording talking about loan limits. How much can we borrow? How are they dependent on the loan product? And how does this affect not only home buyers, but home sellers? This is Net. You're listening to MLO. Enjoy the show. Heat. Da, 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 da. This is a brand new little uh, intro jingle for everyone. Ooh, I, like it. I just want everyone to get in the mood today. We're talking about uh, we're talking about loan limits. How loan limits affect you as a home buyer, home seller? Let's get a little head nod going. I got my boys in the house, the full MLO team, Casey Carpenter, Christian Cam. Thank you for coming in today. I give you a little applause. Little applause. <laughs> super fun, super fun. I always just like to open up with the jingles, guys. <laughs> I like hey, it makes it line. nice. Yeah, I, I like it. I think uh, I'm starting to annoy the corporate Zoom calls, though, when I'm uh, chiming in with sound effects on our operations. <laughs> did you guys pick that up this morning on our on our call? I did. I, th- I think everybody likes Everyone likes a good tune. They like to feel uplifted, you know, get, get in the spirit. Get in the spirit. Would you prefer something in spirit or more like I could also do lobby music if we want to get all quaint. This one feels a little bit more of Christian's ambiance over there at the uh, yeah. the Kemper's high That's end. The thinking music. The thinking music, you know? The pondering. Yes. Yeah, you need a book and a robe. Yes. What are FHA conforming loan limits for Multnomah County today, Addison? Boom. Please do. Boom. Boom. Chicka boom. Super, <laughs> super, 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 super fun to play with. Sorry, everyone, if that annoys you. But yeah, welcome to today's episode of MLO. This is a live stream recording. Yours truly, Net, And of course, my trusted partners here, Casey Carpenter and Christian Kemp. Good afternoon, Facebook, and all <laughs> listeners and everywhere out there. Yeah, don't overwhelm us with energy, guys. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> so today we're talking about loan limits and how it affects home buyers and sellers. And we really have gotten some great feedback from people all around, um, whether it's directly from podcasts, uh, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, all your wherever you get your jams. The YouTube thing is uh, slowly growing. You know, we're getting some reach outs there. And some of the feedback we got is just kind of distilling it down uh, to some digestible terms. So our goal always as a group here at MLO is to create a transparent environment for home buyers, sellers, and industry professionals to where we can learn and grow and uh, prepare ourselves and self-educate into home ownership and investments. So that being said, we are really going to try to keep this, um, keep this digestible. So with Loan limits, I think it's important for everyone to understand wherever you're at in the home buying process. There are different loan programs that have different limits and there's different scenarios. So just because we say something doesn't mean it's bulletproof, doesn't mean you go tell everyone that that's what it is and what you heard. The the reason to have this group and this channel really is to prevent having that gossip go, going around. So you do want to check with your your 
your loan officer or if you don't know what loan program you're on, you're going to want to know that. So diving into it, I know we've got CK is really going to hammer on the perspective of loan limits from a refinance perspective. And of course, we got our trusted veteran mortgage advisor, Casey Carpenter, who's going to dive in and talk a little bit about the vets and the VA loan limits because there's a lot going on with that. So stay tuned on um, some of the 2020 changes because they are true, but there's a lot of asterisks that I'm noticing people aren't talking about. And it pisses me off when any of our clients, but also veterans don't get the full picture of what they're getting themselves into. And then I'll speak to the, the purchase, um, the purchase perspective being my primary, uh, client list. So just to start off with just basic conventional loan, um, the loan limit was raised to 510 400. So loan limit is the amount that you can borrow assuming that you are eligible and can get approved from an income and a debt perspective. So that really is the most amount the most amount of funds that you can borrow and remain as a conventional loan for a one unit property. So one of the things not a lot of people know too is there's actually um, increases for the property type. So when someone says the cap is 510-400, that is for a conventional loan amount borrowed on a single family residence. So if you were to actually go to a duplex, a two unit, the maximum loan then increases to 653-550. So rounding down 653 for a, du- a duplex. Not a lot of people know that. And you definitely want to work with your loan officer because there are some minimum down payment requirements that extremely escalate uh, when you start working into multifamilies. Three unit rounding up 790 and then a four unit uh, 982 rounding up. So that's I think is really important. If you're on an FHA loan, it's a little bit of a different dynamic. They account for... um, a few different factors on determining it, uh, determining the loan limit, and a lot of it's down to what county you're into. So, locally in our county, and you definitely, wherever you are in the nation, like you could Google this stuff yourself, by the way, like max loan limit FHA and look up your county, whether you're in Texas, Atlanta, we're here in Oregon and Southwest Washington. So, our limits on FHA here. Uh, single family residence, 491, two unit, 688, rounding down, three unit, uh, 560, rounding up, and a four unit, 944, rounding down. So you, we do have to preface all that. You need to qualify from a debt to income standpoint. You, right. The FHA, you definitely need to um, look at your county and how it's associated to where you're specifically looking or looking to live. Um, so yeah, I'm feeling myself running out of breath and I want to pass the torch over to Casey to talk a little bit about VAs, um, and those loan limits. So take it away, Carp. Yeah. Thanks, Addy. Thanks for, uh, letting me kind of talk about that. And again, just want to, just want to preference, you know, we're, we're here to educate. We're trying to just give good education out there for people to absorb. Uh, obviously this stuff can change. Uh, you always want to check with your lender, um, you know, especially just the different loan amounts and stuff like that. You always just want to do your due diligence and ask your loan officer, um, you know, make sure you're getting the right information. From that, yes, VA had some big, big changes this year. 2020 had some big changes for the VA loan. Um, The biggest change 
was the VA loan used to have upper loan limit. And the upper loan limit for us here in Oregon was 510400 So what that meant was if a veteran was purchasing a property that, let's say, was $750,000, um, the upper loan limit is $510,400. So that veteran essentially would have to bring in a down payment of roughly about 25% of the difference. That was kind of the case for a long time. Now, with the changes of this year for VA, what they've done is actually removed that upper loan limit. And this is a big, big deal for vets because essentially then, as long as that veteran could qualify, um, they could buy the $750,000 home with no down payment. Mm -hmm. They would not be required to bring in a down payment. That's a big deal. So in that scenario that I was talking about, uh, a veteran, let's just say they were buying that 750 home, uh, they would essentially be bringing in about 60000 for their down payment. And that's, again, the 25% difference from 750000 to that upper loan limit that used to be there. So that would work out to about an 8% down payment on a jumbo loan. That still was a good, good uh you know, a good deal and a good loan for a veteran. It really was. Most minimum down payments were 10%. Read back, you know, coming back to all this, they've they've eliminated that upper loan limit. So now that veteran, instead of putting that 60000 down as a down payment, is not required to do so. So with that, that veteran now has uh, additional money that they could use maybe to, uh, if they wanted to buy a lower rate down, look at that, or maybe they save that money for their savings account, or maybe they're putting it into the home, but it is a big change this year. So VA loans 2020 have eliminated the upper loan limit to where now a veteran, as long as they could qualify, could put zero down on their purchase. Yeah, um, no, so that's, that's a big, that's, big change, Addison. That's a huge deal. Um, and, you know, we were all talking about this a few days ago, but I always like to explain what happens to the terms of the loan, typically speaking, when you do for a veteran specifically, when you exceed that 510, 400, because not a lot of people know this, even if you do exceed it, even though there's no limit, there is a technical technical change in how investors are looking at those loans, meaning they aren't a VA jumbo loan, which has a totally different pricing model than the 510, 400 or below. So, and I, I'm trying not to make it too complicated, but simply put, the rates right now, nationally speaking, just freaking Google it or look at USAA's mortgage rates. That's a very common company that veterans are associated with. You can see anywhere from, and I've been tracking this, 1% to 1.5% increase from a VA loan that is at 510, 400 or lower and above. So look at it, like literally type in like USAA mortgage rates today and they're publicly issued and you can see a huge discrepancy. So I've been advising a lot of our veterans to, if possible, if you want the lowest rate, try to keep your um, your pre-approval budget or your price range on a home so that you're not borrowing more than that, so that you do have that much, much better interest rate. Anything to add to that, Kempers? No. Yeah, that's the only thing I've seen is the pricing uh, discrepancy between the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, much better pricing. Um, it, it, you know, we would be looking at some different jumbo things at that point in time, just to cr- cross reference for the, for our uh, veterans out there, just to see 
both sides to see what's best. But yeah, mm-hmm. definitely uh, nice to know that you can put down zero or no money down. That's the benefit. Um, so there's somewhat basis points built into that pricing of what I would call mortgage insurance in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I hear you. I also think like one of the big shifts pre-pandemic that you're looking at is like jumbo rates not long ago, three, four months ago, Mm -hmm. were more aggressively priced, meaning they were better than conventional loans not long ago. And then we've experienced a change not only in our economical environment, but our health environment and where money was being shifted around. So you saw this huge dynamic shift of investors pricing out above conforming loan limits, jumbo loans, much worse. And my theory is, hey, the people that are most susceptible to be a hardship or a mm-hmm. huge change in their career or their income is going to be the lower the lower income bracket and the higher income bracket. Yep. And I think there's no, you can't argue the fact that, hey, we saw a lot of down payment assistance programs completely be suspended. And then we saw jumbo ra- uh, rates go skyrocketing. Yep. So what, the bookend, like... Uh, you know, income brackets are the ones that have dramatically changed during this entire thing. So that's my theory and explanation to people like, Hey, it's a higher risk loan because mm-hmm. they're most upset. That income uh, bracket is susceptible to change to be let go. So they're going to, the investors are going to price accordingly. Um, Lastly, I'll add in too, prior to that, I, th- I think some of the bigger establishments, uh, the big banks whom were providing some of the most aggressive jumbo pricing were out there to do it a little bit as a marketing ploy to attract higher wealth uh, bankers to their establishment to, to conveniently transfer over all of their investments, their savings. Um, additionally, high income earners like banks make money on those payroll checks because that's consistent revenue streams that comes into their banks. So um, I feel like we're off the train of trying to attract high wealth people by uh, having aggressive jumbo loans just to back back in on that whole statement. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's a lot of ways to curb that. Um, you know, we get flexible with some of our 80-10-10s, uh, which would be 80% conventional, 10% second, you know, on some of these purchases. So there's a lot of ways to get creative with a low conventional environment, and we need to take advantage of that for our clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And one last point on that, too. As just any home, you know, home buyer, and especially as a vet, um, you want to check, too, you know, with those VA loans, uh, they used to allow you, uh, to be able to wrap on a purchase, closing costs and funding fee and stuff like that in there, they had a little bit higher loan to value ratios. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something to check now because it's not essential. Uh, essentially, now you can't, you need to look at that to make sure you have enough room, you can wrap in your closing costs, especially that funding fee. Because what I'm seeing is, and you want to check with your lender, uh, but loan to value amounts are changing. You know, it's no longer as a VA used to be around 103% LTV. You could wrap in your closing costs and your funding fee, uh, VA funding fee. Well, if you're at 100% LTV now, which means you could do zero down, mm-hmm. uh, You, if you have a funding fee, essentially, I mean, the way I'm reading this is you wouldn't be able to add that funding fee in because that's going to put you above mm-hmm. the full loan amount. So it'd be something as a veteran buying that you want to talk with your loan officer you're working with to see, is that something, even though I'm doing a zero down, do I still need to have money to pay for my funding fee out of pocket? Cause I can't finance that in if there's not enough room. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely something to, uh, to consider. 
Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. You're going to look at a lot of people who say, and I want to transition after this into uh, a slightly different topic from a home buyer and seller standpoint on the loan limits. But to conclude the refinancing topic, um, say you bought something at like 560, for example, and you put 50 grand down. So you have the maximum amount borrowed. And then six months later, you've got interest rates that completely dropped and you want to refinance. What a lot of people don't think through is the fact that when you refinance, you're going to re, you're going to finance in all of the costs to your base loan amount and your closing costs might now exceed uh, with your current balance, the loan limit. So and often there's this happens quite a bit. People want to refinance and they just don't have enough equity to still keep their loan limits in. So it's something to think through. And one thing that we work around a lot, I know I would do this with Christian, is um, we time our refinances with certain escrow balances for people that might have just bought. Because typically an escrow balance is going to be uh, refunded back to you when you do refinance and you finance in a brand new escrow and the closing costs. So there's a little bit of roundabout ways to uh, move money and be smart and still take advantage of low rates. So I highly encourage, like, if you reach out to your lender, if there's anything we can do as a team, like, we're here, we get emails and texts and all the time. So feel free to uh, shoot them our way and we're here to help, even if it's just a second opinion. Um, and it's just nice to know somebody in the business. Uh, anything before I hit this next question we have in here, Christian, on the refi side? Because you're like our mortgage refi guru, so. Yeah, um, nothing really too much to add to that, Addison. You made some great points. Um, you know, with the loan limits, uh, we're not really seeing that really affect us too much mm -hmm. um, because we're refinancing people, you know, from 2018 that were in the high fours. But as of right now, if you're at a 3.75, I would say, um, rates are getting low enough to where um, it's making sense to maybe relook at that. And like you said, getting your escrow back, um, skipping a month's mortgage. Uh, you may not do a cash out refinance, but we could show you some advantages to still get a little bit of cash out through that transaction. Um, there's little tricks of the trade, max uh, 2000 cash out on a uh, no cash out refinance. So get with your lender, ask them about those little tricks of the trade or just give us a shout out and we'll be glad to talk to you about that. Yeah. Um, thanks for capping that there. Oh, yeah. One question I wanted to bring to light here is how do loan limits force sellers to think twice? And one thing to understand is like when you're selling a home and it's yeah. very common out in our area, like what you're selling for will dictate kind of the potential buyer pool for whom can afford to purchase the home from you. So I think home sellers don't think through what they're going to list at. So for example, like say you're at four nine, you're going to list your home for four ninety nine. You know that no matter what, even if it's one dollar down, for example, that loan will still be under the five ten conventional cap. Other considerations is you know is your house going to fit in for your county's FHA loan limit? Now, mm -hmm. say you exceed, say you go at five hundred and fifty grand, which the, the rounding down the conforming loan limits five ten. You have instantly made your only buyer pool someone whom has forty thousand dollars liquid or more in order to be able to 
purchase the home because they're the max they can borrow unless they go jumbo is 510 so these are some considerations have you seen um anything fall into your lap in those regards and maybe some struggles because i've gotten a lot of calls guys about like hey is this not a good time to list like a seven hundred thousand dollar home or a 625 how am i susceptible to you know the lending options out there casey i let you kind of roll with that torch yeah, I, I mean, I think that's a great point you're bringing up because it looks at from the other side of this this business. You know, I mean, you know, we're dealing with a lot of buyers constantly, but we're here for advice and education for everybody, for, you know, all our real estate agents out there listening to our show. Um, mm-hmm. When you have stuff like this, we're, we're happy to try to give you guys our advice and figure stuff out. That's kind of what we're here for. Um, I, I've just seen more of hesitation from sellers on, on wanting to jump in because I've actually been hearing a lot of feedback from, you know, uh, the multiple offers, but that's not at your, that's not at your, your jumbo price range. We're seeing that a lot more at your, your conventional max, you know, that 500 price mark. So um, I personally haven't dealt with a lot of that with, with the sellers Mm -hmm. uh, side, but you know, maybe, maybe Christian's got some, some better, better uh, stories than I do, but Yeah. yeah, for most of that, uh, I think for a seller that is reaching out and doing that is very due. They're doing their due diligence and that's sure. sm- smart for someone before you list a house. Of course, I would want to know, you know, am I, am I setting myself up for more success or more of a headache? Because if I'm at that price point, yeah, I mean, there is different, there's different qualifications for people to buy those homes and there are for someone lower. I mean, one of the biggest things that stands out is that buyer needs to have not only the funds, of down payment and stuff to purchase that uh, 750 house, they need to have what's called reserves. And reserves are that full monthly payment, the full monthly payment set aside in accounts, um, sometimes needing to be liquid, sometimes they can be non-liquid, but that's additional assets that they need to have and show um, that they have to, to qualify for a jumbo loan. So as a seller put my house on the market, yeah, at that price point, I'm, focusing on a different clientele type to buy this home. They need to be a little more qualified than your regular buyer. They need to have a little bit more money than your regular buyer. So uh, I think for them reaching out to a loan officer, it would be very smart to do uh, just to check in, say, see how maybe programs are going, the market's going for stuff like that before you list. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I just think it's a big deal. I mean, I see price points affecting the buyer pool all the time. And I think a lot of it too, goes it goes back to where you're at. Um, right. It, on the West coast, it's a totally different market. Uh, New York's another really high priced market. Uh, Seattle, San Francisco to Portland, Oregon are two, three totally different dynamics. Uh, for us, we're seeing a lot of people sell their homes in San Francisco, in Seattle. And now that with the pandemic, they have full approval to work remotely. So they're retreating to a lower cost housing market. And then with that comes the, essentially the packing of a ton of equity. So like, in Silicon Valley, where you're peppering off maybe a three, two, $1.5 million home, just like nothing. And they're bringing up three quarters of a million dollars in equity to the Portland market. Right. It's a non-factor. So right. it kind of depends. You're not going to get that um, situation come across in areas that the average home is 200 grand. Like that just... Right. 
it won't play a factor. But I think it's a good point. I think sellers really consider how you're marketing your house with your listing agent on price point. Because say you're like, oh, I think my house is worth, you know, 520. And you're like, well, maybe if I list at something a little bit lower, I will open up a whole new bucket of people on their search engines capping out at maybe 500 or 510 because of the loan limits. So just a little bit of insight there. And uh, that's, wanted to that's make- a great point, Addison. Yeah. Well, thank you, Casey. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I think that's all we got riding in for today. Uh, once again, I just want to thank everyone for who's reached out to us with questions and don't feel shy. Like I've, we've gotten so many emails just like, Hey, would you mind, you know, giving me a second opinion on this refinance or this purchase? What do you think about this? And I absolutely enjoy it. I love it. And it's no benefit to us like, or worsening. We just want to help people out and it grows our network and we want to learn and, um, grow our network throughout the nation. So just a big shout out to a lot of different people who, have been connecting with us and uh till next time guys a friday we're gonna do another show we got some great stuff going on i want to remind everyone you know subscribe to the podcast channel so you can digest some of our uh, other episodes and content whether it's apple spotify wherever you get your podcast and uh, we did a fun little uh, promo vid that got posted yesterday on facebook and and YouTube, I think it's hilarious, and it involves... Oh, yeah, t- yeah, I still got to share that. I got to share that. Dude, it involves Tiger Kings. It's freaking awesome. But uh, <laughs> check that out if you can, and Please we do. just we really appreciate it. So, and uh, all our industry peeps, feel free to shoot us questions and stuff, too. Not just, you know, home buyers out there, all our agents, anyone else in the business. You see what we're talking about? You want questions answered, shoot it to us. You want a topic? Let us know. Want a topic? Big and deep. Bring it in. I'm gonna bring in the poppy music for the out here. We got the sardines. Oh, you know this is the most amount of fun you've ever had talking about loans. I can't believe how corny this music is. But it's so right. Oh my gosh, it's awesome. Once again, everyone, thanks for joining us live here on MLO, and we certainly appreciate it. My name is Addy Nat. This is the MLO team, Casey Carpenter and Christian Kemp. And until next time, guys. Thanks again for listening to this episode of MLO. Just wanted to kindly remind you, if you ever want to check out any of our content on video, we have the live stream recordings posted not only on YouTube, but our Facebook. Please like, share, comment. And if you've got any suggestions, we're always here. We want to create an environment of transparency for all industry workers, home buyers, home sellers. So give us a call, shout out, direct message, text message, whichever way you want to get a hold of us. We got your back when it comes to buying and selling a home.